0: Welcome to the Make Life Less Difficult Podcast. This podcast explores what it means to make life less difficult for each other and for ourselves. We share stories of struggles and successes because we believe sharing our stories eases the difficulty of life. I'm Lisa Tilstra, your host. Let's jump into today's conversation. My guest today is Tiago Hinken. Tiago supervises a high-impact team at the U.S. Consulate General in Recife, Brazil. He's also a trainer and workshop facilitator for the U.S. Department of State's Foreign Service Institute's adjunct faculty program. He teaches leadership skills, communication strategy, cross-cultural understanding, conflict management, change management, and more, utilizing tools like the Myers-Briggs Type Indicator and the Herman Brain Dominance Indicator. Tiago has coordinated major events, including the 200-year anniversary event of the U.S. Consulate General in Recife. He thrives in environments where he can use critical thinking, active listening, and creativity. Tiago loves the challenge of absorbing, analyzing, synthesizing, and presenting content to diverse audiences. Learning and development in both a personal and professional sense has been his passion for the past five years. Tiago helps his team members take their interpersonal relationships seriously, and he is a passionate promoter of DEIA in all of his work. Tiago and I met through our mutual work for the U.S. Department of State in the training realm. And it has been an amazing privilege to get to know him, to watch him grow as a trainer and through our conversation today to learn more about the behind the scenes stories to his transformation over the past several years. Tiago, thank you so, so much for sharing these glimpses into your life and journey. Your stories are inspirational, your wisdom is deep, and your passion is contagious. It is such an honor to host this conversation here today. Tiago, welcome to the Make Life Less Difficult podcast. Thank you. I'm excited. I am so looking forward to this conversation and jumping in. And we have already talked about so many amazing things before recording. I finally just had to be like, okay, stop. We have to start recording. So I just, I am, I'm really looking forward to our conversation and have so many things I want to ask you about, but I'm going to exercise some, some self control. And I'm going to start with my, my first standard question that I ask all of my guests. And and that is around this idea of making life less difficult. The name of the podcast comes from a quote by Marianne Evans. What do we live for if not to make life less difficult for each other? And I would love to hear, Tiago, what does that mean to you?
1: What makes less, life less difficult? I think creating strategies to find peace within yourself. I think that, and when I say peace, I don't mean the, I don't mean the um, stereotypical image of peace, which is sitting on a rock, you know, on a lotus pose. I mean, being comfortable with every single decision you've made that day or that month or that year, although the results of these decisions might be good or or not, you know, the turnout, but even though things did not go according to plan, you can be at peace with that and accept the journey. So it's it's a matter of accept, acceptance rather than um, perfectionism.
0: Ah, oh, I accept. love that. It makes so much sense, and it speaks loudly to my soul. because <laughs> Yes, and I I love how you start to describe this peace within, and I I just want to ask you about. How did you come to this place of of even thinking about okay the peace within? And it's not about just sitting and meditating somewhere <laughs> quietly. Yeah. It's yeah. um it's this process of acceptance and you know, letting go of the striving for perfectionism. I don't know where it makes sense to jump in, Tiago, but I I, I will just turn it over to you and say, what has brought you to this place?
1: Oh my God, it's so I have to rewind the clocks, you know um, all the way back since I started. I started this journey that I like to call and I know this the word journey is so over, over, overused when you're talking about slow searching, but I, there's no other way to define it. Um, I started in 2014. Um, I ended a very long-term relationship and that triggered a lot of you know um, questioning about myself, about myself in the world, about myself as a partner, about myself as a son, as a brother, <clears throat> as a friend, as an employee of the institution I work for. Um, my identity was shattered because the relationship at the time was uh, my identifier per se. Mm. Um, I needed it in order for me to feel validated and survive. And I had no idea what codependency meant at the time. So I, when I broke off of the relationship, that's when I needed to be on my own. And I felt this immense, you know, earth shattering and heartbreaking sense of solitude and desperation to find Something and this something had no name. This something was just a yearning and a hankering and a hunger that had no name, and it generated this massive amount of anxiety and this massive amount of despair and this massive amount of um, you know depression and and solitude and loneliness and all the chaotic mm-hmm. influx of self doubt they can possibly think of and. Mm-hmm. Although it sounds very dramatic, you know, when I'm defining it, it was from that chaos that I said to myself, okay, this journey that I've lived so far is not taking me anywhere where I can find the so-called peace. So I need to find it. I need to search for it. I need to look for resources. I need to read everything. I need to watch every podcast and read every book and use all of those resources in my favor so I can survive because ultimately the ultimate goal was to survive that thing that I had no name for. So um, I did a lot of research and I was you know in a very low point mentally speaking. I I was very depressed and uh, I can't speak about it today without any taboo because I think it's Thank goodness for the internet. Now we can talk about mental illness without feeling judged or criticized and scrutinized and and put down. Um, So in a nutshell, I I had this massive depressive, I was in this massive depressive state. Um, And I said to myself, okay, I don't want to be dependent on therapy or medication because I attempted and I was resistant to it. And that wasn't working for me. I felt sedated. I felt that I wasn't as creative or product, productive or, or or, outspoken or eloquent. I felt like I was just literally sedated, hmm. just survival mode and, and going about my day in this autopilot of sorts. And then through lots of binge watching YouTube uh, and Googling the hell out of my computer and browser, <laughs> um, I... <laughs> I found um, testimonials about people had, that had taken ayahuasca. And ayahuasca is a brew, for those of you who don't know, ayahuasca is a brew or vine that comes from two plants, comes from Sipo and Maridi, which are the two plants that come from the Amazon and the indigenous people, and then multiple tribes in Peru, such as sheep people. They prepare this brew and they give to The medicine man, the shaman, would give to the uh, patient, and this patient would um, have visions and through these visions heal whatever ailment they would have. That's in a technical level and a very simplified, um, you know, this is a very simplified explanation for what I experienced. So I found, you know, these medicine men in Peru. called don't Choo, who's an incredible human and um I found testimonials of people that had attended his um retreat um, and that involved you know um very healthy eating and meditation and yoga and every possible spirit, spiritual practice at the time and i just I just felt called to to do that and to attempt to do that and to risk it all for the sake of earning it all or discovering it all you know it was a make a break um mentality at the time like i either do this or i don't know what's gonna happen you know it was it was very i was very desperate um but also very very excited for what could come out of that yeah you know um it was my first jump into, into, the depths of spirituality, and I, people thought, well, you did that, and that was your breakthrough. I said, no, 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 I just got my teeth cut. <laughs> you know, it was like the beginning of it. It was the trigger. Um, so, during the retreat, I met incredible people that had a multitude of background. You know, um, their lives were just as colorful. Their issues were just as difficult and challenging as mine, and we found a lot of um, bonding through that and ultimately healing through that as well through that recognition of you know of the solitude of the loneliness and the, the and the desire to feel loved and accepted um, and validated and most of the conversations revolved around why we were there hmm. and those questions seemed to be questions that i hadn't answered at the time or even asked myself hmm. clearly and written down like it was a you know journal so while we were asking ourselves throughout that week we found a lot of answers and we found a lot of um, you know, sense of direction and, and clarity about what we need to work on or investigate more and deep more. And okay. after the whole experience was, you know, done and we after spending a week in the Amazon in the first place, which is the most gorgeous, incredible place on Earth. I mean, we had no power. So we were literally um, we had a we had a um, a generator for part okay. of the day but we had no communication with the outside world whatsoever no internet no phone wow. so it really forced us to create a bond it really forced us to talk it really forced us to even be in silence which is something that we don't allow ourselves in this day and age we yeah. are so we we've, we've became cyborgs of you know a ship we're connected to this thing as if we were born with it as cyborgs basically we we had no we have no time to detach um, and that forced me to think that forced me to not binge watch any Netflix show or go to the internet or talk to anyone about any frivolous topic that wouldn't take me anywhere that really forced me to dive within myself and ask these very difficult questions why are you here why are you hurting why do you feel so lonely? Why? Why? Why are you so desperate? And why are you trying to find? So <clears throat> through through the journey of um, of the ceremony and, and drinking the, the tea, I was able to see it to see it all to see everything that I needed to see to see you know all the aspects of myself that needed work and all and, and where the desperation came from and where the loneliness came from and where this urgency to achieve whatever I thought I needed to achieve came from and you know from in, in my life my father passed when I was 8 so that that's part of it mm. you know that's one component that was very evident during the experience um then the you know childhood um i would say tra- childhood trauma but but most importantly disconnection to the world around me i Loved music. I loved art. I loved colors. I loved costumes. I loved very elusive, creative, colorful, um, things. And, and I felt completely disconnected of the soccer, sports, mm. you know, induced, um, mentality where I come from. And I, I couldn't really find myself and was judged. Because of that, and that made me instead of sticking out and feeling special, it made me feel the opposite. So that validation came from, okay, um, I'm not this stereotypical guy. So where should I find this validation? You know, where should I find these? um, uh, This I joke calling it certificate of existence. You know. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm licensed to live now and be myself. Uh, you know, like uh, where is it? And then, and then after, the, you know, the ceremonies and multiple conversations and receiving so much love from everybody that I was surrounding myself with at the time, and then going to Cusco and then going hiking to the Rainbow Mountains and going back and forth and also meeting the most incredible humans you could possibly meet and keeping in touch with them and chucking in with them. That sprouted you know, this hope. And that was the first reclaim of who I was and the start of spilling off of layers that made me be less apologetic about being myself. And then the next year, I, I thought to myself, okay, last year I had this experience, I went to Peru, I had this incredible experience, what now? Mm. So I went to San Francisco, California for my vacation. And um, throughout these years, in between, I was just Googling and I found a community of burners from Burning Man, the Burning Man festival or event. Mm -hmm. Burners hate actually to call it the festival, so you call it Burning Man only. Okay, good to know. (laughs) Yeah, so it's an event. So um, I had already looked at Burning Man, but from a distance, like admiring everything about it, but but puzzled to how I could get there or join or if I ever would be able to go. So the following year I went to San Francisco, out of all places, you know, I it was just this reclaim of fun, mm. you know, being young and dancing mm. and drinking and flirting and, and just being, you know, a 30 year old. Mm. And kind of this um late adolescence, you know, but with more confidence and money. <laughs> and, which you know, we can get for drinks now, you know, you can get th- that wine that you really want. So <laughs> you're not on the budget anymore, so you can actually marvel at life and do everything you want it to do.
0: Awesome. So it was very
1: um it was very cathartical and I went clubbing and I went to the pubs and clubs and, you know, again, and met incredible people. And out of synchronicity, I met these people that went to Burnhamit. And they told me everything about it and I was so excited. It was the first time I ever heard about crypto. Um, and I was like, oh, my God, Bitcoin. And I started uh, thinking about this you know, in a very futuristic way. And... um my return route to Brazil from that trip was through Panama so I thought, you know what I want to go back to Peru a year okay. after to reassess after a year. I want to know you know I want to feel it. So I went to Cusco again. They're having they're having a um, not a festival. It was it was a celebratory um, parade, like a saint or something It looked like a carnival, lots of costumes. Okay. very beautiful and so i went back to the hostel and the next morning i was sitting down in my in the, in the breakfast table and i met this girl from new york and she said to me you know oh my god um so what's your on your bucket list because we've been talking about travel you know nonstop yeah. stop <clears throat> since the morning. since early in the morning and then she said "What? Well, where would you like to go i said you know what the thing that the place that I really wanted to go is Burnham. Mm. I've been investigating this, this event for the past, you know, three or four years. And I just met, you know, these three people that went there. And I think I would love to go. I mean, it just looks incredible. So she paused for a second and stood back. And it's just like, oh my God, why don't you come with me next year? We wow. have a camp to go from New York, it's really well established. I think you love the community. You seem to, you know, you're Brazilian. You've been to carnivals. You probably love costumes. And that's what we are all about. So let's just mingle and go. And I said, oh, my God. Yes. Right?
0: (laughs) No hesitation.
1: (laughs) If the universe universe was, you know, give me a a sign that was like on your face. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: You must. So fast forward a year. Later, besides the evaluation of, of my, you know, my return to Peru, it was fantastic. It was very, it was like everything that I wanted, these connections that we that I made and this connection with her was part of this evolution of these 12 months of being myself and being out there and outspoken and inviting these people into my life, which I think is it's the truth. I mean, the... the the more I peeled my layers, the more people could see me and the more they could see me, the more I would attract people that were like-minded. And she was, and still is, um, this like-minded human and these incredible friends today that I absolutely love. Um, And um, the next year I went to Burning Man with her and it was My arrival was nothing short than dramatic uh, in a dust storm. I couldn't see anything.
0: Oh.
1: (laughs) And it was living that very stereotypical um, Mad Max imagery of a dust storm in this very weird, fascinating, chaotic environment.
0: Sounds Uh, epic.
1: Yeah, it, it was epic. It was scary at first because everybody <laughs> was so comfortable in their own skin, and I, and I was like, uh, you know, it's the first time. Like, yeah, that's so interesting. Hold my hand, but <laughs> you know, I went out there and I wasn't the storm. And then I had I was scared so much luggage. I mean, I don't know, <laughs> even know I half of it. But as a as a Virgo, I was over So I. <laughs> was just walking out and then this girl just saw me like this dude is probably a noob. So let me just help him. (laughs) She, she, you know, God bless her. She helped me out. And I was looking for my friend and look for the camp. And then when I got into the camp, I found her and we gave this massive hug. You know, it was the second time I've ever met. Wow. It was a burning man. Think about it. Like Peru is very spiritual place and then burning, you know, it was, wow. Like dystopian. And so I got dressed, and she said, You know, I have your tent here, blah, blah, blah. Everything you order from Amazon is there. And I'm like, Okay, thank you, thank you. What should I do? you <laughs> I just be you, dress up, and let's go. Let's do That's this. Awful. And then off we went to what we call the playa, which is uh, where. Um, the is basically, where all the art cars as well are traveling in and out, and people are traveling with their bikes. And then we saw a lot of art pieces, and I just soaked it all in. I was just taking it all in. And, um, and the thing about Bernie Man after this Peruvian, um, stopover on my journey and beginning, I would say what, what seeded everything was that. I was being given permission to be myself and
0: Mm.
1: there was absolutely in that environment. There's no judgment at all. There's no, Mm. um, nobody's going to point fingers at you. Nobody's going to even question who you are. You are who you are, period Mm. with everything that you have. Wow. And we're talking about the most intricate, sensitive and sensible and silly and serious aspects of yourselves, the body, the look, the hair, your sexuality, the way you want to portray yourself, behave, speak, walk, dress, what you want to experience, whether you want the spiritual, whether you want the artistic, whether you want the sexual, whether you want anything is... Available and anything is permitted and anything is simply accepted. You can express yourself the way you want and there's no limits to that. Um, And the beauty of it is that um, although when I say that, especially when I speak the word sexual, people think, oh my God, what are you talking about? I'm talking about people just being themselves. And when I say sexual, I don't mean the act of having sex. I mean... Hugging, I mean, kissing in mm-hmm. the cheek, I mean, you know, dressing less. Yeah. You know, I mean, just again, being sensual on that sense that's not necessarily sexual, yeah. but it's, you know, you being able to display affection physically, if of course with consent,
0: yeah.
1: accepted, but not feeling ashamed of it. And that part of it, because as a Brazilian, it is really common for me to hug and kiss. And we are very love touch in my culture.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Whereas in the U.S. not as much. And I thought to myself, you know, we are part of a very underheld generation. Mm -hmm. You know, people are underheld. And what I mean by that is Mm -hmm. hugs are are taboo. Touching is a taboo. Um, You know, maybe when you we're a child, you know mom had to go to work, so that amount of time that he would spend with her was much less. So when I say underheld, that's what comes to my mind. Yeah. And, and I love hugging and I love embracing, and I feel so healed from all you know my broken pieces, when I give a, yeah. you know a hug of a friend or I receive one, it, it energizes me, and that was so good to be in an environment where that wasn't a taboo. Mm. you know, especially in the U.S. where it could just, do you want to hug people? Yes, they would, yeah. they would invite it. Yeah. And it sounds simple and very cheesy, but it, that that's something for me that, you know, struck me and it was really, um on their spiritual journey that was really key for me, you know, mm-hmm. physical contact being permitted. The non-sexual component of affection was very, mm-hmm beautiful to be able to be permitted to explore with mm. men and women without any, you know, any judgment yeah. and the art. Oh my God. Just the uh, life-size RPCs and the music yeah. that I absolutely adore progressive house, disco, techno, um, sound healing camps, food, drinks, you know, um, meeting interesting people, having interesting conversations and just, oh, my God, just, you know, embracing and feeling embraced.
0: As it, makes part me, it makes me think of what you said earlier in your childhood as you were kind of like looking for this certificate of existence. That's what comes to mind for me. It's like, oh, yeah. this is what Burning Man was for you. It's like, here it is. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and it becomes your identity after a few times, um, you know, after you build a community and you're part of you just mm-hmm. don't attend the, the event, but you're part of a community. Mm. And that becomes to a certain extent your identifier, because to be a burner is to be resilient. The environment is really tough. Um, and if you are a true burner, you're going to be a builder. You're going to build your camp. You're going to break that down. You're going to build an experience or maybe do a free camping but that means you're going to be self-reliant and that means you're going to bring you're going to have to do you yeah. and be resourceful for yourself um, and not be bourbon although you are going to be compassionate you're allowed to be compassionate and help people and people are also allowed to be compassionate and help you and have this massive sense that people have this massive sense of generosity as well and community and and gifting but um you're also forced to you know be resourceful you know and, and be independent and be capable of surviving and doing and creating building breaking down where you know when asking for help also learning how to move and navigate the whole the whole experience so if you build skills in this environment um, that are life-changing and that you can bring, mm-hmm. they're applicable outside of the event um, and cool. and and again, after the first time you get this very cathartical experience and then the second time and then the third time, and then you become stronger and stronger and better and better. And every event is different. Hmm. You know, the last time, last year was really challenging for me. I, you know, I, I had a bulging disc I was hurting oh, wow. and I was grumpy and the weather was brutal. Um, so my experience was not what what I had envisioned, fun-wise, but it was what I needed to have and that sense of acceptance, you know, I didn't come back home, like, um, holding anything against anyone or, you know, or being, um, resentful of anything. I just had this massive sense of acceptance, you know, Mm. it was what it was, it was what I needed. Um, ultimately I met the people, I had the fun, I saw the art, yeah. I experienced what I could experience and what I should experience. And that was it yeah. coming to terms. And that boils down to what I was mentioning at the beginning of this conversation about the search. Yeah. People ask me all the time, like, and you asked me as well, where, you know, and how did you find it This thing. Yeah. Right, that people call so many internet and Instagram gurus called peace. You know, mm. peace. You find peace and be peaceful. I found this thing when I stopped looking for it. Mm. The journey and the anxiety to attain it was my desperation. And when I stopped treating it as the race, that's when it just established itself.
0: Wow. Which is so counterintuitive because you're like, Well, you're you you want it, you need it, right? You're in this place in your life where you're just like, things are not working. And so it, it it makes absolute perfect sense to say, I'm gonna go search for it. So will you say more about the coming to the place of I mean, I come back to the word acceptance, right? Of where you say, like, I stopped searching and then I found it. It's it's a little bit of one of those like mind benders. So yeah. I would love to hear you share more about that.
1: Yeah, I think the switch was, I think the switch was um, just again, being being forced into presence, mm-hmm. being forced into no destruction. And, and I, I know it's going to sound like a dichotomy, if I went to Burning Man and not been distracted, but because there's so just there's so much distraction around <laughs> you, but I had this realization at one point at sunrise. I was by myself, and um, music was playing, art cars, everything was perfect. You know, on the landscape. But it was just that realization that I was alive and I was there. I was realizing that dream. I I was just, you know, in awe with the opportunity to be experiencing that and feeling so privileged and happy and and honored and lucky and grateful. Hmm. That... All those distractions, all those, all that noise, the subjective noise and the real time, real life noise, it it just vanished. And I I was, I was present. I was in my body. I was looking at myself, you know, I was like, oh my God, I'm here. Hmm. You know, and being forced into presence means like being forced to let go of the self-talk. You know, it's, Mm -hmm. it was a very meditative state in the midst of chaos. That's what I can, you know, compare it to. But again, I wasn't in a rock in the lowest pose. (laughs) Um, You know, I was a burning man and I had this very, you know, breakthrough moment in which I thought, you know, I'm not alone anymore. You know, I'm not, Mm. I'm not alone anymore. I found wow. a tribe my people, 75,000 people, wow. you know, it sounds crazy to say, of course, I mean, I'm not going to meet all of them nor, you know, I think I'm going to get along with all of them. They, they might have different, completely different bodies that I do, but what I'm trying to say is that every single person that was there in spite of how successful or unsuccessful they were to abide by the norms of what the event Establishes in terms of rules, um, we were trying to be better versions of ourselves. Mm. Yeah. You know, and that sense of compassion that I felt for others also was, it was just sprouting out of me, basically. You know, it, it wasn't just external, it was me feeling compassionate about myself and feeling, you know, not sorry for myself, but compassionate, like, it's okay. Mm. You did it, really you made powerful. it, it's fine, but they're also on their own journeys and it's okay. That's when I understood what no judgment was because it's I, I'm my own, my worst critic, I'm my worst judge.
0: Yeah,
1: not I'm not that. <laughs> yeah, I'm my worst enemy in that sense. And then when I was able to make peace with myself, With that chatter and that, you know, that um, inquisitor that lives within you. That's when I found peace or the thing that I've been mentioning, Mm. whatever you want to call it. This sense of belonging and this this certificate of existence and this permission to just Mm. be Mm. what I needed to be at that time. And that was it. That was the... I would say the turning point and breakthrough moment for me. Um, Mm -hmm. I was by myself at sunrise, living it, being it, channeling it, and just allowing myself to vibe and be that thing, that creature Mm -hmm. that I love to be and that has permission to exist.
0: It's so beautiful, Tiago, because, you know, as you're sharing of... Reaching that place of accepting yourself, and I love how you you know you identified the compassion that you're able to feel for yourself and and also compassion and acceptance towards others and I think this often gets so overlooked in our human connections and relationships where we have judgment towards other people, and it's it's outward focus. What I've discovered in my own journey is that most of that judgment towards others is starts with the judgment that I have towards myself. And I really so much to where you say, like, I'm my own worst enemy. I say terrible things to myself that I wouldn't say to anybody else. And recognizing that and and changing that internal conversation to one of self-compassion and acceptance has... it. It kind of surprised me when I came across this in my own life. And all of a sudden, I was feeling more compassion and acceptance and less judgment towards other people. And it's this, to me, this awesome byproduct of doing that internal work and taking that internal journey, like you have been describing, that yeah. we can ultimately have true connection and deeper relationships with others because that. Judgement is set aside.
1: Yeah, I think that self-love as well. I think anything is a reflection of what you're capable to have for yourself and produce for yourself. Like self-love, we're talking about. You you never, you know, love someone when you don't love yourself. And I do believe that. I do believe that relationships are a reflection of your capacity to love yourself and accept yourself Um, and the health of human interactions is directly linked to being able to attain discomfort. And discomfort arrives from self-love and compassion. Compassion, in my case, was the base and the, you know, the, the foundation mm-hmm. from where this self-love would, you know, um, blossom from Yeah, um, because I needed it. Because I, again, it, it was almost like a habit. Mm. to not love yourself you know like you grow up feeling so inappropriate and not I don't know not belonging anywhere or that you feel like there's something wrong with you Mm -hmm. and then then you think and then you get bitter because you think there's something wrong with the world and that's when you you're not you're doing a disservice for both because Mm. you're like there's something wrong with me and then you hide and then when you think there's something wrong with the world you become you know um aggressive or you simply detach yeah and you don't experience the beauty of being alive which is this partaking yes. sharing yes. talking um contributing collaborating mm-hmm. that's the beauty that you know this is why i love burning man it's a, the whole collaboration think mm-hmm. about it building a city in the middle of the desert mm. to marvel at life and to experience so much together for a week that's you know that's the apotheosis of what i want to achieve you know in my life mm. with every single experience and what a great tragedy it would have been if i had believed my self talk and not try to break out of it you know and yeah. And, I, and I think it, it, I think the whole this whole generation I think we were people talk about this collective spiritual renaissance um, you know and that's that's why I I'm so grateful for social media because I, I I hate it sometimes and demonize it because of the the other negative aspect of it which is the negativity the hatred and the 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 um, The judgment. Yeah, like we're perpetuating this, also this this um, concept of no process, as if Mm -hmm. as if you can attain again peacefulness from one day to the other. Just Mm -hmm. say this mantra ten times and you'll be peaceful. No way. Yeah. (laughs) Like it took me, you know, eight long years to achieve this. Mm -hmm. You know, from the first retreat to the second. You know, in the, mid- in the middle of that, of course, I'm in Costa Rica, then I met another, you know, group of people and I did, did, you know, again, yoga and breath work. And I met Philippa, who is a breath worker, whom I adore. and just hope that yeah. she listens to this podcast. Um, can She's a breath uh, work facilitator. And she s- said something to me that stuck with me since, you know, that retreat. She said, you need to breathe as if you want to be alive. Mm, wow. That was so powerful. Wow. Like take deep breaths. And I had no idea. I had a breathing that my breathing would express how confined I was in my own thoughts and my own life.
0: Mm.
1: You know, and taking a deep breath or breathing how I I would breathe, it would express how um Alive, I was, you know, yeah, you know, and and again, it, it took me a while, and it took me many many processes. And what I'm trying to say as well, and make it very clear, because I'm speaking about traveling to Peru and going to Burning and going to Costa Rica and meeting people like Philippa and being exposed to to so many other uh, uh, modalities and and um, exercises and and you know um, experiences to attain whatever I wanted to attain, but that's my journey. That's what I was able to do with the resources that I have. I think that everybody should look for their own resources, you know, around them, whether that's around their community, that's, whether that's in the internet, that whether that's through these you know, podcasts and medium, try to find what works for you. That's what worked for me. And Mm -hmm. I didn't plan it. I didn't write in a piece of paper. I didn't expect it to be this way. I had no idea that my life, you know, would turn out to be what it is after all of that. But I'm very grateful that ha- that's how it unfolded. But yeah, that's, that's what I wish to, I just wish just wish continuity of the journey because while we're talking, um, While I'm trying to listen to myself speak, it's like I don't want people to get out of it thinking, oh, hate did it. Mm -hmm. I didn't do it. I'm still doing it.
0: Mm -hmm. I still have to chatter.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. I still feel, you know, I wake up feeling negative about myself sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I keep battling against it. But now I feel more resourceful. Mm -hmm. I feel stronger. Mm -hmm. I feel like it would bring me down you know, mm-hmm. to the point of sedation and stagnation. Mm-hmm. You know, I, was, I would snap out of it much faster than I would have eight years ago. So mm-hmm. it's it's a matter of exercising interesting the process and believing that there is a process, mm-hmm. the mind take time and everybody's timing is different. So what I was referring to back about the internet was that People think that from one day to the other you're gonna attain whatever you think you're gonna attain, whether that's wealth, mm. the perfect body, mm. you know, or spirituality or enlightenment mm. that's sold, you know, in every single page you're browsing through, you know, Instagram. You know, mm. sign up for my newsletter or sign up for my course and I'll teach you ten techniques, <laughs> you know, yeah. or five techniques. And trust me, they might work and they, they can work. But if you're willing to step into these um, workshops so, or formulas, you need to understand that you will need to practice them and turn them into a habit. Um, it might take time.
0: Yeah, I appreciate you sharing that so much, Tiago, and especially just really saying so directly, you're still on the journey again, I resonate with that so much because in my own journey of figuring out that the voices in my head were not absolute truths, yeah. there's a whole bunch of reasons why they're there and things like that. But I love what you said a few minutes ago, um, what a tragedy it would have been if you had believed your negative self-talk. And I, I'm i just like, yes. And also recognizing, hey, it's it's still there. Some days, you know, you said you wake up and, and you do feel de- depressed and it takes me all the way back, you know, talking about this is a continual practice and you have, um, you know yourself better to know how to move through that more quickly. Mm-hmm. And, and again, I am like, yes, it's so amazing. And, and it's also can continue to be hard work. And it takes me back to your very first comments, answering about what it means to make life less difficult. You talked about strategies strategies to get to this acceptance and peace within. And I, I find that in my own life too. It's on those mornings where I wake up and I'm having trouble coming to any positive thoughts or finding any energy to step into my day. And I just, I feel like everything is, it's just like, it's a shitty day, right? Like, And, and then also rather than just continuing down into the depths of that to notice, recognize, ah, okay, I know, I know this part of myself. I'm familiar with it. What are some things that help move me through it, right? And then stepping in and make those choices to practice those strategies. And oftentimes you're talking so much about community and it's so beautiful because oftentimes for me, it is reaching out to someone, making a connection. Whether it's just by a text or a voice message or a call, that often I've learned is like okay, and and I also ha- I often have to push myself to do it, and yeah. and and it also has become a little bit easier over time because I'm like oh, I know if I just make that first effort to connect, it will shift things. It doesn't fix them and make them perfect, but it shifts them and then allows me to step into more of that place of acceptance and connection
1: absolutely and and again i i think it's not only one um thing i mean some people think oh you know meditation or in my case it's like sometimes essential oils mm-hmm. and or palo palo santo i burn some palo santo and i come home and i stay in silence you know mm-hmm. and i think that people also um what i loved about going to you know Burnham and meeting people that had a spiritual journey there is like figuring out that there is this stereotypical spiritual journey or, or practice doesn't necessarily revolve around, you know, yoga or meditation or there's so many other things you can do to heal and to, you know, find sense of peace and find you know, um, to silence, um, you know, the chatter in your head, um, you don't need necessarily to follow a script. You need to find what's comfortable for you. Yeah. And I think that's so important to discover what it is. Yeah. Uh, but it takes time to investigate, you know, some people don't have time. Time's a yeah. luxury sometimes. Yeah. You know, but every time people say to me, you know, I'm looking for um, Tiago. I'm looking for a strategy. What should I do? And I'm like, you know, first thing you should find is time. Before mm. peace, mm. find time mm. to look for it.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a really good.
1: Because time is a luxury, right? Mm-hmm. And um, you know, and yeah, I think finding time for yourself. And finding the ritual that actually works for you sorry yeah it works for you and um
0: part of what i hear you saying too is well and and this is where i I, my my mind goes with it being willing to try things that might not work mm -hmm. and if it doesn't work you know it's tempting to be like oh i tried it it didn't work i know i have dear friends who are like i tried meditation it doesn't work and it's like okay but but meditation is a super broad term and what does that yeah. mean and you know there's there's a, there's 2 minute meditations that can be transformational and you know back to the time thing it's um you know just again being willing to experiment in some ways and like okay well this didn't work so well. What else could I try? And oh well, part of this worked. I like that, but this part I didn't really connect with. So what else could I do? And and again, it's it's a little bit of an evolution, a process. Um,
1: yeah. I think I think it also um again, I think the good thing and about and the bad thing about the internet is, you know, when you are talking about influencing and influencers, um there's so much out there in terms of techniques right now, in terms of yes. um, in terms of options, and I think that there is this level of you know anxiety about oh my god, what should I do,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know? And I my recommendation for people that would like to start a journey or continue the journey, <clears throat> or you know maybe investigate themselves is to choose one. Mm random, the one that uh, appeals to you the most, mm. you know and if you if everything appeals to you, then in a minimal way and choose one and go for it and try it and attempt it. and I think that's what took me out of my comfort comfort zone in the first place, you know and um, and stick to it, see if it works be patient, because that's other, the other um, very important um, component and, and difficulty in order to attain you know, this thing or this peace, is to be patient with yourself. And again, if I say patient, I will again tie it to compassion.
0: Mm.
1: Right? Yes. So when I stopped, on that very sunrise moment, that's when I, it all hit me. Mm. You're doing good. Mm. You're enough. Look at, you know, look what you've done so far. Be proud of it. Be happy with it. Mm. It's not over, but you've done a lot, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know? And if that was it, on that moment we should be happy we should be satisfied we should look back and be proud yes so we should celebrate every single accomplishment that we have on that sense you know of our lives you know to make our lives easier um we're all here to we're not just here to survive we're here to live and experience this crazy ride that we don't even know you know why but we know it exists. We know we're here,
0: yeah
1: we know we're going to go somewhere, but I think didn't I think that the aim and the purpose is to again make it easier and make it good and make it mm-hmm. you know um, fruitful mm. and leave the pleasures and go through the motions of what's unpleasant mm. but with grace and levity and dignity and, and um, appreciation.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because, there's there's so uh, much beauty. No, there's just so much beauty and wisdom in what you're sharing, Tiago. And I'm, I'm wondering if you would be willing, I, I love hearing the timeline of this journey and starting point in 2014. And, you know, just how is you've learned and grown and developed as a person over these years, you and I first met in 2019. And I, I'm wondering if if you are willing, before we started recording, we were talking a little bit about this through the adjunct faculty program where you were stepping in and learning to be a trainer and a facilitator. And this is alongside your full-time job that you do <laughs> really yeah. well. And and it's like taking on a new responsibility and a totally different set of skills. And I, And I think what's I'll, I'll just toss it out there and then I'll, and then I'll turn it over to you to share a little bit about your journey I think what can be so powerful is people sometimes hear a sharing and you know you've come to this place of really knowing yourself and and finding peace within and it's like, well okay, good for tiago and then you also said, hey I'm still on the journey and I think this is what's is so powerful because you talked about the imposter syndrome that stepped in. And, and yeah. over the last couple of years, I've watched a little bit from a distance, but as we've had these di- different touch points, your transformation of stepping into this new role and set of skills. And I think it, it can be really grounding and helpful for people to realize yeah. that someone like you, who's been on this journey for a while also had this moment of questioning and imposter syndrome and can I do it? Am I good enough And all of that? So I will stop talking now and I'll ask if you would share pieces of that story because I think it's really powerful.
1: Yeah. I mean, I still have it. It's not, you know, it hasn't ended. I, when I first started, when I was being trained to become a trainer, um, a few years ago, I had done trainings before. It was very familiar. It was a familiar territory. It was something that I had done before as a skill set, but I was terrified of being judged. I was terrified of failing. I was terrified of not being good enough. I was terrified of stuttering. I was terrified of blanking in and forgetting the content while I was talking. I was terrified of oh my god, of of any constructive criticism I could have possibly received. Um, But again, it was another step into that uh, that, that fight or battle with that creature inside your mind, saying, Mm. guess what? You're not good enough, or you might fail. Mm. And then I had to find my own resources within myself. Okay, what have I learned in the past? X amount of years that I could use now to shut mm-hmm. this bastard up, you know, up. Mm-hmm. I just focus on what I need to do.
0: Yeah.
1: And that was it. That was it. I had my essential oils with me. I'm a very, I like senses, senses, like texture, senses, color, taste. What one thing for me that really calls me down is scent. Mm. So I was tripping lavender all over me before mm-hmm. I go to <laughs> read and <laughs> writing down the whole chatter, you know. Um, in this case, it was like producing a lesson plan for the following day. So it's literally like jotting down every single idea. Um, yeah, and I was using all my techniques, really, um, and trying to find, you know, trying to calm it down and before I went to the classroom, before I needed to, you know, go ahead and, and do my teach back and do the presentation, I something within me just shifted. I, I would tap into this uh, autopilot and this flow state where, you know, I, I'd be unbreakable for 20 minutes and then the adrenaline rush would just dissipate. Mm. And I would rest and would say, I did, you know, take a deep breath, it wasn't a sprint. Mm. Um, but after doing it once and twice and facing this fear, I, you know, the chatter became more silent.
0: Mm.
1: You know it didn't I still haven't. It', mm. it didn't stop it. but it's much further away than Mm here, in my Mm -hmm. ear. I can still listen to it, but I'm like, eh, you know, I'll put my headphones on and put some music on and pretend it's not there and I'll just go with the flow. I mean, part of it as well is crossing those lines of fear, um, which, Mm -hmm. you know, fear is like this thermometer um, and then you, you just need to step into, you know, the heat of it and get burned. Because mm. after you get burned, you'll, you know, peel off, get a thicker skin. And the more you mm. cross this this boundary or this or step into this um, burn coal, uh, burning coal, you will get thicker and thicker and it won't hurt you anymore. Mm. Or hmm. if it hurts you, it will hurt less. That's what I, that I'd say. You know, just like going on a roller coaster. I know it's a stupid analogy, going to a amusement park and being fearful. But I, you know, if you're fearful of a roller coaster, go to the roller coaster.
0: Hmm.
1: And if you're going to shoot your pants, shoot your pants. <laughs> and go again. Change and go again. You know, I, I think I think if, if we don't challenge ourselves to cross those lines and to, you know, I know it's going to sound, you know, we, we need to, we can knock gently on the fence and open it and walk through it, mm-hmm. or we can just kick it and go past it, pass it. Mm-hmm. And I'm a kicker. I don't knock when I need to face something. Mm. That's what works for me. I just jump,
0: Mm.
1: plunge right in, you know, and I'll learn how to swim on the go. Mm. And the survival um, mode, you know, just ignites this, you know, fire and this courage and this adrenaline. And I'm like, you know what? I better do it. <laughs> you,
0: know, you know that feeling that wells up inside yeah, of you. It's like and, I have to do it.
1: And you kind of become, you know, kind of used to it because you know that the on the other side of it of these these adrenaline comes this realization that you did it. You know, even if it wasn't perfect,
0: mm.
1: you just tried. You got out. You got out of. You know your Mm. self-talk, you became more independent and more sovereign
0: Mm. in
1: your existence Mm
0: -hmm.
1: by facing fear. Mm -hmm. And when I say facing fear, we're talking about a very practical thing, which is like doing a presentation and, and you know, learning a skill set or working, but fear of being lonely as well as I felt before, throwing yourself out there, going to social events, meeting people, going to a festival, talking, saying hi, asking the question, interacting, looking in the eye, not avoiding eye contact, Um, going on a date, sweeping laughter, writing Tinder. I mean, whatever, (laughs) whatever, you know, you're afraid of, it just, you know, by facing it and stepping, out of your comfort zone will bring you um, a thicker skin, and will bring you some sort of satisfaction or evolution. Go ahead I interrupt you.
0: No, you you didn't. I am. I just want to say yes to everything you said. And you, you, one of the things that comes up for me is you're listing off all of these different things, giving a presentation, going on a date. You're trying this, trying that it in our time in history, our brain. Ends up getting um, triggered for fear for so many different things that actually will not hurt us. If I give a presentation and I completely vomit and it's terrible, guess what? Physically, I'm still okay. Like I'm not, my life is not in danger. I'm not about to fall off a cliff, right? There's times where fear can protect me, but I find Mm -hmm. in there's so many things like oh i'm afraid they won't like me if i say this or whatever and it's like okay hold on let me let me look around like is this a legitimate fear that's protecting my life or is this a fear that actually it it's it's all going to be okay right yeah they may not like me and and i'm going to be okay still and i think that's what's so valuable in what you're saying it's like you know pushing through identifying hey this fear is it is what it is i'm going to push through it i'm going to kick through that gate because i know even if i fall flat on my face on the other side of the gate i'm going to be safe right like there there's there's earth there to land on it's not a cliff that i'm going to (laughs) fall to my to my demise right and i think that is what's so valuable um so yeah there's there's again a lot of wisdom in what you're sharing tiago
1: yeah I, i i you know it's a choice as well. I I thought to myself, you know, I, I better make the most out of this life. I better have passion. I better jump, you know, into it. Otherwise, I'll be swallowed by it and not attain this substance of nectar, you know, motivation and beauty and appreciation and gratitude and, you know, Um, I think it's really important for us to identify, you know, what are the triggers, first and foremost? What do we fear? Um, What do we have difficulty overcoming? You know, and if it boils down to self-love, what is it? Ask the question. We all know deep down whenever, you know, we are by ourselves, whether even if you have a family and kids at home, while you're taking a shower you're by yourself <laughs> so ask that question and, you know find that place to ask these questions and be very 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 honest with yourself hmm. that's very important as well and you know in order for you to to find a sense of compassion um um and just start something hmm. start the journey it doesn't need to be identical to anyone it doesn't need to be the sold-out Instagram journey. You don't need to go to Bali, Indonesia. You don't need to go, you know, to the top of a cliff. Mm. You don't need to post, you know, on Instagram how spiritual you are. You know, it's not about others. It's about you. It's Mm. about you feeling proud of yourself. You feeling proud of your journey. Um, And just leaving life with, you know, the sense of wonderment that we lost after Mm. we became adults. Mm. You know, think about when you were a kid. What what was that thing that made you get out of bed and, you know, feel happy?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: That's what we're trying to look for at the end of the day. And when I think of my life now, I looked for experiences that I could recapture some of that play mm. that I yeah. didn't have because I I I think I was a, I used to take life way too seriously. Mm. And the only the, the only reason why I used to take life too seriously was because of my childhood and bullying and everything that I that I went through. And then after I became an adult or you know an older adolescent <laughs> adolescent <laughs> or an older child. Was exactly that. I was trying to recapture some of that childhood and some of that wonder and some of that beauty and some of that magic and some of that, you know, play and some of that yeah. oh, oh my God, we're alive, we're here, everything's so fascinating, everything's so colorful, everything you know, people are so interesting, you know. Yeah. And when I meet people, I don't I don't wanna know what they do for a living. I wanna know what keeps them awake at night.
0: Mm.
1: So invasive. Yeah. On my directness, either repel people either repel or they, you know. (laughs) But you know, I I like to dig more and and know what people are thinking. You know, know what they are conjecturing and creating, or you know, what what would they do if they could tailor their lives the way they wanted to? Yeah, what that look like? You know? Yeah, and I love that. It's awesome. Um, yeah,
0: yeah. Go. I am so grateful for your willingness to share these pieces of your journey. And I know. I mean, we've just touched on, on certain slivers, and it's just so inspiring, though. And it's really what a, an amazing experience for me to just get to know more parts of your story and your journey, and and the wisdom that you have to share and. I really just I appreciate your willingness to also be very real and say I'm still on the journey, and I I I just resonate so deeply, and it's always nice to to know you know what we're on the journey together, we're not alone, yeah. and sharing sharing these pieces of our journey can just really inf- reinforce that we're not alone, we're we're in this together. Let's continue to look for ways to. To connect and and share the journeys so that we can build the communities that really really make a difference in the world yes
1: absolutely i'm so grateful as well because you know um you are a source of inspiration to mm-hmm. me as well so i'm very flattered um to be here with you and to be able to share um much more than you know i've <laughs> to shared um and yeah, this is a great reminder of collaboration and partaking, you know, yeah. on this journey and reminding ourselves and other people that will have access to this podcast that they are not alone on their journey. and so, you know, questioning or doubt, we're all in this to help each other out and be resourceful, you know, if need be. And, yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Tiago, I we talked about social media off and on and the pros and cons, but I know that you have a social media presence and do some amazing posts. Are you? You don't have to. We can edit this out if we need to. But like, are uh, you willing to link, or would you be interested in linking in the show notes to any of your your social media um, presence? Sure. And if people would be interested in just reaching out and connecting with you, absolutely.
1: Okay? Um, my Facebook is Tiago Hankin. Um, T-H-I-A-G-O Hank and H A N K-E-N. Where people can reach out. And my Instagram is at Tiago with an H in the end.
0: Cool. and I'll link in the show notes so people can go there and, and check yes. it out. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's conversation and episode of the Make Life Less Difficult podcast. Editing is done by Joseph Burdock. Artwork is by Emma Burdock. I'd be honored if you took a moment to share this with a friend and or leave us a review. Together, I truly believe we can make life less difficult.